frosted window panes, candles gleaming inside, painted candy canes on the tree. Santa's on his way, he's filled his sleigh with things, things for you and for me. It's that time of year when the world falls in love, every song you hear seems to say, Merry Christmas, may your New Year dreams come true. Wishes you and yours the same thing too. Oh, come on, this isn't a party of one. Someone's got to be online today. Help me out. Frosted window panes, wow. candles gleaming inside, painted candy canes on the trees. Santa's on his way, he's filled his sleigh with all the things December brings. Every song you hear seems to say Happy Holiday And may all your dreams come true And Happy New Year too Wow, you guys sound terrific Where'd everybody go, Alex? Oh no, I'm here I just had to go pull the Christmas fun and go pizza out of the oven I don't want it to burn Well, of course not, but no. suddenly I'm staring at a blank screen here oh. I'm here, I'm here, I dropped a U-log I'm back, I'm back The doorbell rang, the dogs were barking, my mom is here Super excited No, I totally oh get it, I totally get it I, I guess Angela, he was here too Whoops, I spilled my other drink oh. Your other drink, Angela? Yeah, okay, we're playing a drinking game Every time somebody says Christmas, you take a sip Everybody sing! Christmas and happy holidays from Belotified. Thank you so much for joining us for this holiday two-part episode, starting here with part one. Please do be aware that there is some colorful language, so if you are listening around little ones or those easily offended, that you use earbuds, or at least tell them that they're going to hear something naughty. And now for the nice part. He's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. (laughs) 
Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Volatified, the one and only podcast dedicated to the sometimes tragic, sometimes fabulous world of event entertainment and engagement. My name is Anthony Bolotta. I call myself Bolotified. And I'm here with my Bolotophile, my cohort in crime. You know her as <laughs> Alex Apostolibis. Hey, Alex. Hey, you. How are you? Fine. <sighs> I'm just feeling my fungibility tonight. How are you? <laughs> you know, I'm good. I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I'm a little tired and a little scattered today. I'm just having one of those kind of, you know, have you ever heard the, uh, this was just brought to my attention lately, the term earworm? Uh, yeah, maybe, but. I had never heard it. Tell us. So I just feel like I've got all these little things that are stuck in my little baby gap size head. So there's like a billion little earworms noodling around up in there. And it's just kind of. Yeah, it's kind of disgusting and freaky <laughs> at the same time and not some place I really want to go with my brain. <laughs> well, it's crowded too when you have a, a, a head this small. Um, so <laughs> I'm very scared of you right now. Very. So yeah, no, I mean, mostly doing really well, but just feeling, I don't know if it's holidays, if it's working holidays, just feeling a little, started a new Netflix show last night, which was like, kept me up all night. So like, yeah, I need a nap. Yeah. I think also it's the fact that it's, it's so dark mm -hmm. already and it feels, you know, the days are getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. And wait a minute, we are like, we're at the cusp. We're about to get into, we're about to get into days getting longer, folks. Yes, we are. Days will so be longer. To... So excited. And also so excited about who we have on the show today. So, so very excited yes. that we're not even going to waste time. We're just going to bring her on. So Alex, who is she? Okay. She's one of the funniest people you will ever meet. She does stand up. She's a teacher. She teaches comedy. She's got this really cool comedy playground mm -hmm. thing that she does for people of all ages. She's she's also an activist, but not an activist like we normally think of an activist. She's called a humor activist. Say that again. A what? Humor activist. A humor activist. Yes. We'll dig into that more deeply. Right. It's so, yeah. It's all you good. You love her. I love her. There's nothing I, wrong with it. I fell in love with her and bonded with her from the moment I laid eyes on her. I just love yes. her. So please let's welcome Miss Susanna Spees. Hello, Susanna. Anthony. Love it. <laughs> Okay, literally, I've been so excited to see you guys. I can't stand it. And we're literally on a computer and I'm going to go through the screen and eat it. Are you? So You're going to gain a lot of weight if you do that. I'm just telling you. Don't you get that craving to eat something? Yes. I don't, well, first of all, I'm eating. I mean, there's not, I, I got an, a hunger pain the other day and I was like, what the hell is that? Like, it's, it's, it's it's ridiculous. It's I know what scary. hunger pain is. I know what it is. Yes. Oh my God. It's so good to see you guys. God I bless. How are you? you? It's so good to see you. I'm, I'm just fantastic. I tell you, things are perfect. Oh, and my and, too. <laughs> well, 
and lovely and and sunshine and rainbows i mean i try to i try to i find myself like i don't want to be a naysayer i mean i'm fine i'm grateful i genuinely every day i'm like well i woke up this is good you know because it's it's pretty dire out there guys it's Mm -hmm. uh scary i sense that's a little bit about maybe what the book is about it's how to find it's how to find the funny in everyday life and i mean obviously right now with shitsville going on um yep it's a prime time to really try to find humor as an as, as a way of coping but the book is is exemplary of not just through you know hardship and illness and death and very hard things but um that humor can be a, a really important tool through getting through things um harder or good and you can yeah. actually use hard times as a proponent to get through something and as well you've had kind of a a rough patch over the last year year and a half too just with some loss so i i'm hoping this has helped see you through some of that yeah it has i mean let's hope that the book is uh is is hugely successful so that i can be happy with uh the you know my dad upstairs looking down like yeah. we need to make sure no uh, but yeah i mean in honoring get yeah, this girl been, a job already hard. yeah yeah i mean i mean listen the book has actually been something i've been writing for probably about six years off and on i've been writing off and on for many years anyway but the idea is that i've worked with such a ri- wide range of ages now and the idea is that it's not, not let it, i'm not as passionate about um seeing what's funny i know that sounds strange i mean obviously i'm a comedian i'm a writer and it's all about finding humor but it's really about how we can all connect and, and actually heal through humor. And um, and the, the curriculum that I've been working with has affected every age. And so, I mean, we all love laughing. So, you know, yeah. there's no brain surgery there, but I think that it, the idea is that it can be accessible to anybody who picks it up, whether they want to be a comedian or not is irrelevant. Um, it, it, it's an extension of your humor activism. It's exactly. It's an extension of that uh, curriculum. Yeah that you built to help people to sort of release their inner dialogue, if you will, in a, in a variety of situations uh, with a focus on uh, professional situations, uh, as well as on, um, as I recall, it's been a while since we've talked about this, uh, uh, underserved youth. Yeah, so, so yes, I mean, I, I've been working with um, a, a nonprofit for many, many years um, called ECCP and uh, the Amy Cannon Comedy Project. Yeah, I mean, the, the bottom line- The who, what, ha, ha, who? The Amy I Cannon- I just wanna say, what'd you say to me? The, it's called <laughs> the, the Amy Cannon Comedy Project. It's been a project that we've had for many years. And then before that, it was called Laugh Links. And so we've worked with um, a, a large majority of uh, underserved youth. Um, within the capacity of teaching them stand up and improv as a form of, of um, expression. Actually, I just got done with the culmination that we had on Zoom with a place that we've been working uh, many years with called Inner City Arts. And so it's amazing. Again, these kids need that outlet and, and, and we need that outlet. And so um, as mm-hmm. we know, Zoom being the new sort of way of communicating, trying to teach the funnies through a screen is not as easy. But again, they are very respectful to knowing that once laughter happens, oh my God, it's like we break through the screen. So um, yes, I've been working with that. But again, I mean, the book is really emphasized that anybody can pick it up. And so within the capacities of what I've taught, it's just been 
wonderful knowing that it can be such a wide range of um, those that can be affected from, from what it is that we see, do, and, and experience to find the funny. What are some, if you don't mind, oh, I'm sorry, Alex, I have a, a quick question Go about for. the book and, and what's in there, and that is just share, if you would, one, one technique or something, if you would, that you share in the book as a way to harness humor and, and cultivate it? So, yes. Um, so there's different chapters that are dedicated to um, different sort of experiences that we can look at, that we can use humor to get through. So one can be um, family, one can be holidays, one can be uh, relationships. So I would say within the capacity of any of them, you always have to be able to have a strong point of view. It's very, very basic. It's like if we have opinions, we can base anything with humor. So um, a recent article that I wrote that's also in the book is, um, is based on, uh, it's just, it, it's again, it could be as simple as taking a walk. And when you take a walk, instead of just sort of, you know, we're sort of in the, in the moment of whatever we may see, uh, it changes every day. So just take some pause and look at whatever is around you and pay attention to what you see, pay attention to what you hear. It's called the five senses of humor. Um, or excuse me, the, yeah, the five senses of humor. So we have, you know, five, five different senses, but there are actually senses of humor you can incorporate in finding the funny. So um, it can be as simple as a walk around the block, it's what you see, what you hear, what you pay notice to. Um, I gave a small example around this is I, I went for a walk with my dog and uh, I was trying to pay attention to seeing anything different, which of course it's changing by the minute every day and really taking note and I always make a list. And when I was standing with her, I happened to be on a church lawn and then Luna took a dump. And in that moment, I was like, holy shit. So right there, holy shit on a lawn, there was some humor. So again, didn't know that was gonna happen. Thank God I had a dog bag, but um, it's really just paying attention to the things in the moment and having a new, a new opportunity to look at things through a different lens because again, the humor is what your perception is in anything that you experience. So, you know, singing happy birthday can be funny, but if you sing it really pissed off is why it becomes funny, right? So it's your point of view on yeah. anything. You know, you, you know, if a person says something that they love that you're not used to, like I had a student who was 86 years old, her name was Ann, and she said, I really love traffic. And we were like, what the fuck? So, so again, you know, paying attention to something that is in opposition to what you normally feel or, you know, really, really having strong conviction of whatever your point of view on even the mundane can be, can become very, right. very funny. Like cleaning up dog poop. <laughs> yeah, <Love it. laughs> exactly. But, but knowing that it became a holy shit because it was on a, it was on a church lawn. So, you know, there you go. Did you keep it? I did. I, I've been you hanging send it, it to the woman from Turdy Works. Well, you know, I have it next to the mistletoe. So I figured, you know, if, if the mistletoe doesn't bring a kiss, then I'm just going to, you know, the shit will fall. So there you go. There you go. So, Susanna. Yes. Way, Susanna, not Susanna. It's Susanna. It is Susanna, but and if that's difficult, you can call me Pam. Pam yeah. is a lot easier. It's very easy. Spell. easy. It's three letters. It's very nice on the tongue. But is it, oh, so it's P-A-M, not P-A-M-M. It's one M with a smile. Thank you. <laughs> and it's, by the way, it's I's, not E's. 
as inspired. Of course, no. and of course, my middle name is Olivia. Olivia. So I wanted to make it as complicated as possible. Susanna Olivia Spees. Paola. Olivia Paola. 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 That's beautiful. Why? But my real Why name is asking? Kate Johnson. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Stops is my initials, but people call me either. If you know me well, you call me Suze, or you call me. Uh, stinky stinky i've called you that yeah that works hey there hey there babe no god babe Sugar. is the worst have you you can you know when someone writes you an email they're like hey babe you're like yeah you, you got to earn that don't you guys agree <laughs> uh yeah i think so i only use babe when i'm talking about d'angelo yeah there you go yeah, just, yeah. like would you ever talk to a client hey babe sorry i can't make the three o'clock i mean are you kidding yeah no that's a bit too a little, too familiar it's too together. 70s disco hey now right yeah. I had an old right. boss call me dear. She called me dear and she was like 10 years younger. Yes, dear. I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is not, this is a little too weird. It's all about the oh, intent see, though. Of course. Yeah, that's how of I, course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course she was firing me. I'm sorry, dear. It's true. You're not working out, dear. Thanks for joining us, dear. Okay. Have a good life. Honey, baby, sweetie. <laughs> you got to find the funny in any scenario. Yeah. Firing is, you know, again, perfect right. example. There you go. Right, it's an ability to laugh at yourself, right? Doesn't it? Doesn't it start there? Yeah, maybe? of course. I mean, every comedian will tell you it's like you know, you, you there's so much humor, and any kind of self-deprecating humor is obviously a release for us, and it makes the audience feel a little bit more, you know, re relief as well because they may be thinking, and then you say it for them, it's like, oh, thank God. Mm -hmm. But um, especially when you walk out on stage, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I'm thinking, oh, I hope she's laughing at herself because I certainly am. <laughs> well. That's the thing. It's like, you know, when you see someone, you, you, there's there's always going to be, I don't want to use the word judgment, but I mean. Oh, wait, hold on, Susanna. Oh. Someone, it's, it's funny um, in the moment. It's Alex. But it's, it's funny in the moment. Is it laundry? No, it's my damn neighbor downstairs. I live in an apartment now, and but the garage below me is not mine. Mine's at the other end of the, of the apartment complex. So. All right. Since we have Susanna, and not to go off track, but since we have her, can we name that tune, please? Name that sound effect so that it is no longer garage door. It is your neighbor's vibrator or your neighbor's <laughs> bed. My neighbor's je ne sais quoi. Je ne, je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. There you go. Um, it's her neighbor's blender, and that can be blender. whatever you think. And blender is code for whatever you exactly, want. Exactly, exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Blender. Oh, okay, the blender's going blender. off again. There's a smile the on my face. Here's, bow, bow. <laughs> here's the thing about the blender. It always goes off twice. Oh. Yes. What goes up? <laughs> Must come down. Yeah, interesting. Well, your neighbors, quote unquote, air quotes for now. Let's see what happens in <laughs> six months. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> see how long we're in pandemic land. So tell um, us about uh, tell us about some of the teaching that you do. Tell us about being a humor activist. What does a humor activist do? So, oh. well, that's a very easy easy answer. You got about uh, thirty years. Um, no, it, here's the thing. I'm a comic, but I think the most important thing is I'm a human being, and we all have had experiences, and our life will bring experiences. And when you have experiences, and the way you look at them, and the way you break those down, there can be humor, even in the tragedy. And so um, I, when I was a kid, I was actually on the shy side. I mean, some of my close ones would be like, no, you were not. But I actually was a little shy. I would create characters in my room. 
I mean, I would make characters out of the salt and pepper shakers. No, I was not Sybil. I just found fun ways of using a voice. Uh, it was pretty strict household, so I couldn't watch TV. So any kind of imagination, anything I could drop in my mind, whether it was voices or whether my own sort of creative opportunities um, could present themselves, it was up to me. And so I, I, I think I have that in the back of my mind because I always knew as a kid I wanted that outlet to connect. And so I found it through creating characters. And so I carried that with me when I teach youth. I've been working with youth for close to 20 years, mm -hmm. teaching them stand up and improv um, as a form of expression. And then based on sort of that humor activism component, it's because there's an activist in all of us that comes alive when we work within the context of humor. And so um, the humor activist is a division working with corporations and companies where I essentially um, I, I think they shy away from the word stand-up. I, I don't really like to tell yeah. them I'm teaching them stand-up as much as I'm providing the same type of curriculum, which is really enhancing their public speaking right. and overcoming obstacles and connecting. Right. And, and so I, I really believe if we all tap into that side where we are willing to be a little vulnerable, but realize it really just comes from having our own experience and having our own point of view, we're all humor activists. You know, if we activate that humor inside of us, it's just you know, it, it, the benefits are sort of, they're infinite. You know, they, they, go, they go beyond the mic. They go beyond being funny. They provide life skills, I think, that are really essential for anybody in, in any capacity, so. I think particularly uh, in, an, in a culture that uh, needs to open up a bit, one that needs to uh, allow or enable the front line to feel more of a sense of empowerment and support uh, and uh, maybe w one in which they need to feel more heard. Yeah. Uh, I think particularly those kinds of environments when the C-suite is really trying to, to do the hard work, which is, you know, it's not really, uh, it's not really, uh, the icing on the cake. It really is the cake, the, the, what you offer. And that is you're giving people the tools through improvisation and through what you do as a comedian to present the tools, the, the exercises that you go through, you're presenting them in a way that is um, non-threatening and inclusive and allows for a community spirit. And, and, and the, this, what's so important to remember is there is residual results, which is great because mm -hmm. you have people now that can communicate more easily and more efficiently and more effectively and not too personally, you know, they, you know there's a little bit of that that you can sort of put aside when you work with humor. Yeah. Uh, because you learn to laugh at yourself as well, right? So you don't become the butt of the joke. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, but you also have the experience of that day. Yeah. Which is an incredible experience of people coming together. Oh, yeah. I always say, like, whenever we start anything, whether I'm working with, you know, teenagers, adults, companies, I mean, you got to start. It's like when you walk into a room, you got to clear. When you're a comic and you go backstage in the green room, you're clearing, you know, and I'm sure as actors and performers, everybody mm -hmm. can relate. You just you got to get off your chest whatever's going on. So you know you you have to be present to whatever your your situation is. It's in front of you, but when I work with them in teaching stand up, it's almost like one giant clear, if that makes sense. Because we're just expressing. I'm, I try to teach them to speak from the heart and not from the mind, because mm -hmm. 
the minute we speak from our mind, we're going to, it's going to be less authentic. You're going to filter it, you know? So mm -hmm. when you do a clearing where you're like, oh my God, the traffic was this, or da, 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 you may just be ranting, but there's so much gold in ranting <laughs> because that's where the authenticity is to your point of view. That's where the heartbeat is to the, to the pump. And so that's where a lot of the activities have been um, derived from in the curriculum I've developed. That That's really, it's a simple curriculum, but it, it's it's been a very specific curriculum for 20 years that is a structure that we write out and we, we follow this format that um, that really anybody can, can do. I love that you're giving people permission to have a voice. That And all of that's, that's what I'm hearing, especially, you know, growing up being the youngest in a very kind of male dominated family and old world Greek Sicilian, you, it, it took me a long time to have permission to have a voice and you are providing that for young and old alike. And it doesn't matter how old you are. You can still find that voice. You can find it at five. You can find it at 10. You can find it at 90. The important thing is finding it and you giving people permission to find that within themselves is so beautiful. Oh, thank you. I really, sorry, I was, I, I was just going to cap on what you were saying with growing up in a sort of a Sicilian, I, I'm not Sicilian, but my parents are German Chilean Jews from New Jersey. So, you know, close enough. And uh, but I, it was a very strict household. So to your point, like, I remember even just taking comedy around, like no one was allowed to call my house. Here's an example. No one could call my house during dinner. My dad was super, super strict. So one of my bits was that, you know, calling my house is like a game of jeopardy. It's like, you know, you'd be lucky if you get me on the line, depending on how you would ask for me. So would, if someone would call my house and be like, hi, is Susanna there? Yes. Um, can I talk to her? That's preposterous. I don't know. Can you? Um, may I please speak with your daughter, Susanna? That is correct. No, you may not. We're having supper. Goodbye. Boop. So it's like <laughs> I based on my, you know, just even in that small example, you'd be surprised, but you would be able to find really cathartic ways to be able to get through some of those kind of even more painful memories with some strict or not strict situations with your own families to be able to come through on the other side with some mm -hmm. humor. You're doing your first, your first virtual series, excuse me, right? Is this correct? Well, I've been, I've, I've actually taught throughout, I've been very lucky, knock on wood, I've been teaching virtually since March. So, um, and actually before that, I've been always offered online Great. sort of coachings, but there is Great. an upcoming Finding Your Funny is my adult workshop teaching stand-up. And so that is happening uh, January 7th. Five weeks? It is five weeks. It is five weeks of funny. Perfect time of the year to start finding oh, know, your funny. It, because, you know, if you haven't found your funny, great time of the year to start. <laughs> right at the beginning, holidays yeah. are over. Yeah. You're not particularly feeling funny at that time of the year. So it's a great way to dig deep. Great time. So yeah. five weeks. Yep. So it's five weeks. It's going to be on Thursdays um, from two to four Pacific, five to seven Eastern. And if anybody's interested, they can just um, shoot me an email with, uh, and I can, you know, send over information. But the idea here is, again, you don't have to be a comic. You don't have to be a performer. I've worked with people from all over. Um, and then we actually culminate in doing a Zoom show in the end, which I'm sure you guys are seeing. There are some awesome shows right now going on with, with Zoom. And so the beauty content. in that- yeah, there's so much content. We had the last Zoom show, we actually had friends from Thailand that were that were piping in because we had a student from Thailand. So it's just, again, it's a way for people to connect. And I call it get a laugh lift. It's like humor is our elevator. We need to get up. We need to, we need to start being lifted through this chaos. And so this is called Finding the Funny. And uh, I have a workshop that's going to be focusing on um, 
finding the funny amidst the chaos. So we're going to take all that end of the year crap and we're going to renew in the new year with some funny stuff. So and how many how many students are you accepting in this five week course? Um, usually I don't like to cap it more than like maybe 15 because mm -hmm. I do a lot of um, we do a workshop that the workshops are, are two hours, but then I do follow up with one on one. I really try to hone in with each person individually for them to have a tight six minute set so that they get that that direct attention as well. When the class is too big and because it is also the obstacle of one other element just because we're not in person and we're actually in one dimension, mm -hmm. I think that either a, a class that's too large or too long, it just doesn't it doesn't right. compute. What's so. a takeaway or two? I have a two. question for you. How have you transcended the screen energy-wise when you're teaching? Because the, 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 the energy you get seeing live comedy or even watching sketch comedy when it's others, you know, and obviously you know all this because you do it all. Yeah. How have you transcended? How do you keep your students' energy up when you're teaching virtually and keep them engaged that way? Well, when there's no energy, I just tell them to throw the computer out the window and scream every profanity for about 25 minutes. And then we just pretty much just call it a day. No, we just had that happen. Actually, it's interesting because I was like, oh my God, how do we, you know, how do we do it? And, and, and again, you know, anything in anything, whether you're physically with someone or you're on a screen, you're, it, it's contagious. So, you know, it's like a yawn. If they, if one person yawns, everybody's going to start yawning. So it's really my job to, you know, come in with that energy. Right. And so we always have a warm up where we keep everybody just engaged. And so if it starts to feel like a lull, we'll take a little break, but sometimes it could be like I pop on music and we're dancing for five minutes or three minutes or 30 seconds. But um, I'm, I'm not a person that's like gonna have a like a PowerPoint presentation and the pointer stick and this is how you memorize. That's just not gonna compute. Oh, you have the pointer stick all right. I, I do, <laughs> it's at the neighbor's. With the, uh, with the blender. With that, with that blender and garage door. Mm, which hasn't so, come down yet. No, it hasn't come down. It's still up. So, uh, you know, I mean, again, I, I think, but that's a great question, Alex, because yeah, I had yeah. a three-hour a three hour class and I was like, how many, how's this going to work? And oddly enough, I, I also believe that when people are in flow and they're really enjoying what they're doing, you, you, you actually lose sight of the time. It's really weird. You're like, what? How did that happen? No, that's incredible. And that is exactly what you want people to feel when you're engaging them online is yeah. that they're so engaged they forget where they are because it's what everybody is now yearning for in this space is to get people to really focus and oh my goodness there's so many things to focus on so yeah, i know yeah. and and you know i i just want to say too it's like it's not just I mean, we can all relate to this, you know, whether we want to zone out and not think or we want to connect with others. I, I can tell you for me, I'm an, I'm an outgoing introvert. So like, I like being inside, but I, I, I'm actually trying to understand, like seeing you guys, I'm like, oh my God, people, you know, if I'm on a Zoom, I'm like people, but everybody relates to this in whatever way that they can. So Zoom can be comforting because it is enough space. Do you know what I mean? So rather than seeing how Zoom is so saturated and how it's one dimensional, I actually think it's it's actually personal because you can you can be in someone's space, but it's not in their space. So there's like, you know, there's there's a level of being able to feel like seeing the upside to that versus the the negative. And and kids, I have to say, especially in this where my heart really goes out, I don't have biological kids, but I have thousands of kids that I haven't birthed, but I've taught through the years. Um, and the only other kid I have is my dog. And you know, that breastfeeding is not so easy, but <laughs> No. Um, for who? But you, you actually have a nickname, don't you? Aren't you called the comedy mama? 
Well, well, they call me Comedy Mama. Yeah. Some of them they have through the years. Yeah, so that's Comedy Playground. That's been a youth. That's a youth-driven program. Although it, you know, it sort of covers the gamut. Um, but, but yeah. So those sessions have been ongoing. And 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 again, that's that's magical too. Because when you see, you know, that's for ages ten to nineteen. That starts up again in January. That's an eight-week program. Um, and they learn both improvisation and stand-up. My, my finding your funny is just stand-up. So I'm more of a stand-up coach, but I bring in improvisational teachers that have been with me for years to, um, to, to work with that component as well. I, I teach improv, but really stand-up's kind of my thing. But, what is a takeaway if you come to a stand-up, uh, five, five weeks of finding your funny? If you don't find your funny in five weeks, something's wrong. Well, but if you don't find your funny is, and you can find me a husband, you know what? Let's make a deal. All right. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm talking okay. about. So <laughs> let's find some funny and find me a fiance. Okay. Finding the funny fiance would be ideal. But uh, I mean, the takeaway really is just like, let's, let's get into this friggin' 2021 already. And the, and the, and the takeaway is let's renew and let's have some fun mm -hmm. and let's not screen ourselves to be burdened by anything more. Let's just be, let's, like turn on that light. Um, the takeaway is to be to literally be freed up and to you know to feel like you can you can have a voice again and not be in the doom. I mean, we're all in this shadow right now, and I just right. want that light to be turned on. And it's extremely empowering when you can feel like, wow, that was funny, or wow, that felt good, or hey, I can. So can can I ask you quickly? Um, and it doesn't have to be quick a quick answer. But so if I was somebody who, um, you know, I I just. I want to find a little bit more humor in my life. I want to be able to voice my opinions. Okay, that's who I am. And I, and I want them to come across more uh, gently maybe, or more, I want them to be received better. Uh, you know, is this a class that would help me? You know, if I wanted to express myself in a way that might be more uh, sociable, more, you know, accessible, friendlier. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I think I, I can't, I think to stay in authenticity, like I can't say that someone who's kind of negative Nelly is going to walk out like, oh my God, I'm rosy, rosy now. Like it's not, I'm not going to change your personality. That's for sure. But I'm going to allow you to feel more confident in areas of your personality that maybe you weren't. So like if someone's shy, they're not, they're really not shy anymore. I mean, I know that that sounds like a miracle worker, but I've seen it over and over and over. They may be shy in certain contexts, but you'd be amazed. I've seen people even with English as a second language that may feel like, how am I going to go into a room and feel confident being able to give a toast, let alone, you know, a speech at a business. And I see them walk away, high-fiving, feeling confident, you know, mm. chest out. So in that aspect, their personalities shift because their confidence grows immensely. Ah, so if it was somebody who's Eng for whom English is a second language, uh be you this would be an ideal course that makes complete sense it would and you know i don't have to i've actually i had one student who was japanese and she was like telling me about her you know her mom was very particular in the kitchen and she really wanted her daughter to, to cook a certain way and she would automatically go into an act out of her mom in japanese and she was like oh i'm so sorry you don't understand i'm like no please keep it and so half of her set was actually in Japanese. And again, that's the example that we don't have to know the words. Mm -hmm. We are reading mm -hmm. her passion and what she's saying behind mm -hmm. the words. And so, you know, there are thousands of amazing comedians and amazing instructors out there, but I, I know it sounds weird, but my, my, my personal passion is less about what's funny. And I mean, I can write funny, I'm funny. 
it's that I'm I'm more interested in getting to the root behind what's 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 allowing them to be confident to share it through being funny. So I'm not teaching them how to be funny and providing a platform to share who they are through humor. So um, someone who's shy, someone who doesn't have English as a first language, someone who um, wants to learn how they can um, maybe look at their own situations that have been shit and feel like they're empowered by it. I mean, right. I've gone through, right. you know, both my parents passing, my sister yeah. passing, you know, some, some big traumas. Um, we all are at that point where we're going to have sadness in our life. And so stand-up saved me. I mean, I've been a stand-up. Yeah. It's that cliche, but the truth that, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the most amazing, powerful, wonderful outlet when you can really tap into it. It goes again to the whole permission thing. So you're also giving permission, people permission to lighten up. Right. 100%. And it, some people have a hard time with that. They may have it in their heart, but they're so used to being a power player yeah. that to lighten up is a sign of weakness. Well, yeah. it really isn't. It's actually a, an immensely, an immense sign of power. And you're, again, you're giving them permission to display that, to own that. Yeah. And it's really down to the brass tacks of things that they don't. I, I have a particular way of working with people that I'm actually drawing out what they are sharing without them even realizing that they're, that they're building the funny until we're writing it. So like, if you say to someone, I mean, it's almost like that old memory of being in a classroom. If, you, if you're if you a teacher and you call on someone or you, you know, you, you point to the second row and that hand's not up, they're going to feel on the spot and it's going to be awkward and awful. But in my class, what I do is I work on activities and exercises where each person is sharing content that's less about, say what was funny in 1943. I mean, obviously they weren't born in 1943, they weren't around in 1943, but... <laughs> They talk about something that's passionate to them, like a pet peeve or something that they're feeling. Um, I, I, you know, I don't want to give it all away here, but I'll give you a little cliffhanger. If you, you know, if you, you can be drawing people in much more when you're asking them questions that are authentic to, to their experience and less about putting them on the spot about something specifically funny. Um, so, you know, like Alex was saying, I've seen people even in corporate settings where they they posture because they're in you know executive managers that have very high positions and they're they're immediately shifted when they're asked about something then then they're they end up talking about this barbecue chicken they made the other sunday that was so delicious to hank in the mailroom that would never have talked to them before that so again by them sharing an activity just from something that was just on a, on a life experience that propels that authenticity engine to start revving up to be able to share their voice even more. And when you share your voice even more and you find the opinions, mm -hmm. the comedy is all gold. It's all there. Um, so. You know, in, in addition to your experience working with various cohorts as a humor activist uh, and your work as an actress and a comedian, I think what suits you very well to this work is that you have a an ability to read situations and people that is somewhat honed by your experience being a performer and a comedian, but is also uh, somewhat innate in you. Uh, and that's why you are so effective as a facilitator and a teacher because you, you just point it, you just put the nail right on the, hit the nail right on the head with something that we teach in events and that is, the idea of demographics and knowing your audience and not just knowing them from a general point of view, but in this domain, in, in this virtual world, we have to be 
even dive much deeper into what that demographic is. And it becomes hard with this screen between us. It's already, I I call it a layer, you know, it's just another layer between us. So for a teacher like you, I can imagine it's, it, it adds a layer of difficulty, but you are so good at reading situations Mm -hmm. and reading what people need well i always thank you first of all thank you thank you very very much i i'm that that makes me i'm very very you know moved by that and i and i i'm very complimented because here's the bottom line i'm the worst liar so i can read other people Bad because liar. i am the friggin worst liar i my mouth quivers i get caught in the mouth mm-hmm. i mean one of my first acts you know when i first came to la it was called you know coffee shop and it was basically based on I called it human NutraSweet and it was uh based on you know a lot of artificial flavoring that was going on because no one really wanted to say what the hell was going on you know that person right. who's in LA you know, right, right of course right. a person who's sitting there all day but yet they're ah, crazy busy or you know whatever <laughs> right, the case right, may be right, right, right. and so I I tap into like I I my pet peeve is is bullshitters and bullshit and so um I I just want, you know what I mean? Like, Stomping I, I, ground. Yeah, I just, I mean, again, I'm from Jersey. There's a part of me that's very Jersey and there's a part right. of me that's like super meek and like sensitive, but I'm never going to be a ball buster, but no one is authentically going to share who they are without someone feeling it's safe to do so. Right. And for someone to feel it's safe to do so, you have to let them know they do not need to put up any bullshit. And you have to know, you have to let them know when you, you can read bullshit. Right. Um, and comedy in, in, in the land of at least stand-up my belief is you got to speak the truth. You can fabricate situations and act out in scenarios around something becoming funny that's not based on necessarily 100% of that situation being true, you know, of course. But I think that, you know, there's truth in, in the way that at least I, I teach it, um, especially for those that are not performers, they only have their truth to be able to speak from. Right. And so I can tap into that. Like, if they say something actually that is, isn't true, I can actually look at them and be like, mm, really, really? Come on, really? Uh, so yeah, I guess that is something I'm psyched about and I am a little psychic, I'm not gonna lie. I can see the future. Um, this is kind of true, I know. Um, Tell me something, no, I'm kidding. It no, it's weird. Off, it's weird. I, I, I'm psychic about pregnancies, isn't that weird? I have called out a few pregnancies of friends of mine. Um, I, I don't know, I, I don't know. I've actually. I'm act- I've actually done the done the same thing. Really? N- not not to brag, no, but it's I like probably a, it's a Scorpio thing, maybe. Probably a Scorpio Scorpios, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're. I don't think you're pregnant, Anthony. But you know. Nope, never have been. Maybe just did All a the- pause here and there. Yeah, and I did think I was once, but <laughs> it was false. It was a false. Yeah, me too. Me too. The rabbit pause. was only sleeping. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Luna. Exactly. Luna was doing <laughs> a little breastfeeding. Now. How is Luna? Luna's oh, fine. My gosh, she's ridiculous. She's so cute, you guys. It's getting to the point where I mean, she's fine. She listen. I think our animals love this time because we're, they're loving we're it here. Um, but yeah, I mean, she she's she's good. She's she's ten now. Or I think every year I say she's ten, so she's probably like thirty four, but. She is she, 10. You've had her a long time. Yeah. I love her. I can't She's quite remember the year that we met, but it's been easily five or six yeah. years. I think so. Yeah, because, yeah, she came down to San Diego with me. She's come down before. You've met her before. Um, yes. We, we, met, we met around this time, actually, the, the first week of November. We met. We were, we were introduced by Mark mm-hmm. Lampy 
and his wife, whose Amy. name I cannot remember. Well, yeah. Amy, I wanted to say Kim, and I'm so yeah. glad I didn't. Amy, yes. Um, yes, but that was a long time yes, ago. A it long was, time ago. It was ago. a while ago. And I mean, again, kindred spirits, because the minute I met you and you may, talk about funny, both of you guys, are you kidding me? You guys, we, I laughed. I laughed so hard just even seeing your email, your name. I'm like, oh, I mean, you got that. that that's a, woo, that's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah. But uh <laughs> yeah, I got one of those faces. Guys, Comes across no, like and, the email and I'm too. I'm so yeah. thrilled you were doing this podcast because Anthony, I've always said it, and I'm I'm one of millions, I'm sure. Your voice is is like butter. I mean, you it have the most butter. gorgeous mm -hmm. voice, singing and speaking. Um, and D'Angelo well, can please, tell us uh, whatever. Please, no one. more. But no, 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 and you too, <laughs> Alex. So when it's you when you did this, I was like, oh, because you know me, I was like, oh my god, we have got to get you like serious like voice work because again not that you you know you've always had voice work but your voice is but uh, i've made my own work thank you thank you for saying my voice is butter well all of you, you is know, butter it's... you're just one giant <laughs> stick of butter i feel like a stick of butter he's a he's a he's a pot of melted butter well you guys are all butter and you know what i'll put you on my popcorn anytime <laughs> I have to remind you of this. Do you remember the event you did for me? Oh yeah, are you kidding? I mean, Anthony, I don't know if you remember this. Oh I do remember. It was a birthday such party. A, for a teenage, a oh, group yeah. of teenagers. Mm -hmm. Talk about it, tell us what it was. Oh, Let me just oh preface God. this by saying that this is one of those, you know it's not gonna be the easiest audience you've ever had right off the bat. Oh, you don't even she know. She was so brave but the yeah, thing that I and i and i want to i want to preface this that because you and i did a lot we we had so much back and forth about this this mom just lovely lovely mom daughter was really great the daughter had had a huge disappointment that week uh, or in the weeks leading up to it and she sent me this long email and you can tell she was typing it she was crying mm. my daughter had gone through something similar similar situation that very same week. So we, I picked up the phone, we had a heartfelt. I then took this to Susanna and we talked about it. She, you have warm audiences and then you have not warm audiences. Walking into a ballroom with a bunch of teenagers would make me run, right? Mm -hmm. She had so many contingencies. She took everything I said, everything the mom wanted even though it kind of went a little bit against both of our grains. And mom was like, be blue. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Don't mm -hmm. hold back. Mm -hmm. She's, you know, cool. The, every contingency you could have planned for, you planned for it. You read that room so beautifully. Oh, when okay. things, energy started to shift, you shifted. You went yeah. on to a different activity. You got those kids on their feet. Yeah. It was amazing. It was like a master class watching you work that night. Well, I'm yeah. really, thank you. Cause I tell you again, like, you don't know. I mean, again, well, it's like, before, before we go on, I'm sorry, yeah, sorry. Let's set yeah. the stage a little bit. This was how many teenagers? How many was it like? Thir like around 30. It was about, about 30. 30. It was in a ballroom? Mm -hmm. It was, it was at La Jolla Country Club. La Jolla Country mm -hmm. Club. Okay. 30, 30 teenagers, mm -hmm. teenage girls and boys. Well, the comedy, <laughs> let me just preface. Mm -hmm. The comedy started when I pulled up in my, you know, 2000 uh, year old old piece of shit <laughs> car with the bumper hanging off with the like when you pulled into La Jolla that's when and I pull into La Jolla and they're like I'm here for that party they're like 
Uh, could you park like in the other city? I mean, I literally was like, rah, rah, was, like rolled in like Duke's a hazard. They were like, honey, this is not a homeless shelter. You need to go down the block and um, figure it out. I mean, it was like, and so the comedy really started when I, I don't know, basically, you know, parked my car in the most beautiful place. Yeah. And, you know, but they were, but they were very lovely. Weren't and, they? You know, yeah, I mean, it really was. Honestly, it's so amazing because, listen, you get all kinds of different, everybody is, Obviously, everybody has a different background, and 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 you know that was a very okay. But again, beautiful. What did you do? Tell us what you did. Well, I did different there activities. There were thirty teenagers, mm -hmm. and we they were mostly girls. Uh, there were guys and girls. I think. No, it was it was yeah, it was a good mix. Yeah, okay, boys and girls, so, men and women. So how did you how did you how did you get their attention? And well, uh, I did. Was there any... I did some stand up, and then I had honestly, I had like we worked out specific like curriculum like activities that I customized to her so it was a birthday party for her and it was a surprise so like the goal was that you had to figure out well how can we bring in interactive activities for teens and that that's something I'm kind of used to because I've worked a lot with teens um I'm teaching them stand-up but like games I have to like put my, my cool hat on and I'm like, you know, 455 years old. So it was a little, right, so you know, but, but what was, what, right. what I really did appreciate was I came with a list of different activities and I actually got a bunch of props that I, that I got that was customized. So like, you know, to make her feel special, I got her like a little tiara, but I did it in a way to embarrass her, but in a roasting way that was really innocent. <laughs> so, you know, we had like a roasting where we wrote something out where they each could participate. So mm -hmm. I think again, you got to read the room and, and know, you know, it's one thing when you, when you perform, as you know, mm -hmm. you can't perform at people. You have to perform with people or it's not, it's not going to land. And so yeah. when I felt anything shift, we're like, they're like sinking in their chair or they're getting a little antsy. I just worked on, you know, interactive activities. So when I perform or do gigs, a lot of the time people, you know, hire me in for a stand-up gig and there's an opportunity for a workshop that's interactive in some way, that is kind of a win-win a, a because then mm -hmm. you're not just performing and sitting back and watching someone, you're actually engaging in activities where they're playing along. And so- Very important. That's what we did. Yeah, you know, yeah. in special events, yeah. it's like, Very you know, important. you can't, you nobody gotta bring wants, them- nobody, yeah, wants. nobody wants to be passive. Everybody wants to be heard today. Everybody yeah. has a platform, so- Yeah, and, you, and people wanna play, it's like, you know, yes. and, and, and when, you know, when the eyes are on you, there's like a whole new experience than you being the eyes on someone else. So right. it's just a different. And you're either going to get them or you're not. Yep. And those few hours are going to be fabulous or they're going to just be the worst. Yep. Yeah. And you got to read, like, you have to know, I think to Alex's point, like you have to be able to know, you know, listen, when I, I've always said to people before when they've like or have been afraid of bombing and it sounds really corny but I'm like you gotta bomb you know bombing is the biggest gift because unless you bomb you don't know what bombing <laughs> is and bombing gives you the at least perspective to know when you're not bombing but I've also said that sometimes you can actually have a stellar performance and you won't necessarily hear huge raging laughter but you can walk away like man I just feel really good and that to me, sometimes, again, that's more of my sort of methodology with my teaching. That to me rides much further distance than that high that you feel like, I mean, listen, there's nothing that feels better right. than when you that's a high go, I mean, right. you headline, you're feeling great. But for people who aren't performers, when they're like, oh my God, I feel really good. That to me is, 
the takeaway. Right. Do you know what I mean? And for yes, them yes. at the party, they weren't comics, they were kids and they maybe felt good because they were laughing at goofy games they were playing as well as watching some like old lady comedian come in. Um, so the mix, the mix worked out and I'm grateful for that opportunity, you guys. That was really fun. No, I think, you know, hopefully there's more and, and the fact that you're doing online classes is also good for us to know. You know, honestly, we're looking for more engagement virtually yeah. and it's not easy to pull off. And part of it is really the personalities that come through. Yeah. Uh, and I think what most uh, facilitators and most of the product that I see, the engagement product that I see out there is that people are just a bit too relaxed in the in the presentation and it doesn't yeah. have that sense of energy that we have when we are all together yeah. and so i know that you bring that and i know that you uh you bring the level up to that too so it's important to have that when you're working virtually we're looking for more engagement options we're looking for more to be able to uh, incorp uh incorporate into meeting and events uh activities that that will uh, give sponsors, uh, uh, you know, something to uh, sort of offer, if you will, uh, yeah. engagement to keep people online, engagement to keep, keep people talking. I still, I still love that idea. I think we tossed around if we ever want to re-explore that idea of, you know, I have a handful of comics that are always, I mean, they're so incredible. And as, obviously comics are getting even more versed to this platform being yes, they are. made to yes. perform that, you know, um, if there's ever a way of like revisiting any of those aspects, which I know you, you guys work so much with comics, but um, you know, towards any kind of cause or an interactive workshop or, you know, cause I, I do believe like, again, you, you, you gotta know, you gotta know this platform to know how to engage other people mm -hmm. and comedians are so, we miss the stage so much, but there is a way that people are really adjusting to know how to look yes. at this green light but, and figure out a way that you're reaching people, you know? Yeah, yes, but I, I have to just say that you're absolutely right. And we do engage with comedians, but there is like, like I, I use the analogy of an actor who is in film and television, uh, who relies on lines to, you know, communicate a character. Those people are not always the best people to use as hosts because yeah. they're not always so good off the cuff on yeah. their feet. They're not always so quick. Uh, comedians, not all comedians have the kind of personality and accessibility that you have, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. And so uh, in the engagement uh, and the connection with people, it does take a certain kind of personality. And it's, it's not all comedians, honestly. It's those who are really, uh, in tune with uh, not only their own humor and what's going on in their own life that that they see as funny and 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 uh, you know is a shared experience, but you can see on others what's happening and um, you know empathize, find the funny in that as well, and that takes a certain kind of comedian, which is what you are, you know, someone who observes other things and sees things going on and. Uh, you you have to have empathy, right, to be a, a good comedian. But you you're not a you don't have to be a great communicator necessarily. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, you could again. I, I and again, thank you so much. I I I will 
I'll say this, just based on what you said, uh, in something I've been writing, I've been writing a book for many years, and, and it's around basically finding your funny through all types of different situations in life. And it, as far as when you are engaging with an audience, if you are a performer, um, or even if you're just a speaker in a corporate setting, it's like I, I, I quit it to a game of catch. You hold the ball, you're the conductor, and you got to throw you throw it out to the audience. But that audience has got to throw it back. So if you're only throwing it and they're not receiving it, there's there's it's a one way. Mm-hmm. It's a it's it's doomed. disconnect. It's disconnect. Mm-hmm. You're not in you're not in volley, and so you know again you want to be in volley. So it's about it, it goes beyond just speaking into a mic and being engaging and doing all these mm-hmm. things. And we know this, but it's a vibe. It's an energy. They they want yes. to feel safe and receiving you as much as you're receiving them is 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 a give and take so even as a listener it's a give and take and so um that's an energy that comes to it it is it's the energy of giving yeah it's the energy of putting yourself in front of people i think alex does this as well with the with a generosity of spirit and a willingness to be funny be crazy be kooky try hard um you know and and also it's a willingness to look people in the eye and see them. And I think honestly, that's 90% of it is to show people. I love to do that when I teach is to pick out, it's so much harder virtually. It was almost impossible, but in a classroom, picking out the, the people that are sort of on the cusp that are quiet, that need to be drawn out a bit. Um, you know, it's that kind of interaction that you offer that is so special that not, mm-hmm. you know, again, empathy is something that you have to have to be a comedian, but. I, you go beyond that. You you have an ability to see people. I, I like to say in class, you have to meet them where they are, especially in the virtual world. You have to meet people where they are if you want them to engage. And you do that so beautifully. Well, I'm so really beautiful. grateful. Thank you. I think it's because I just learned like, uh, you know, again, I think it, it's a perfect time to really look and think about the perspective of everything as we listen we have nothing but five million hours a day to think about things these days but (laughs) again like you know when you started the conversation of course very generously saying how are you doing i'm like i'm fine in real in real you know it's all relative to something else going on but my life is different from someone else and so you know you got to be in tune to like i i think that people might feel compelled to want to let loose and to be honest with you if they don't I just keep pressing, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I just find the way to take the layers of the onion away mm-hmm. and I'll eat the skin. So uh-huh. I'll put it on me. I had a student once that right. forgot what she was doing in the middle of the show. This is, an, again, in my book, not to carry on and on, but I just think this is exemplary of this. She forgot literally mid mid riff. She was in the middle of a premise and she just completely forgot what she was doing. You know, lights were on her, it was a f- packed house. And I just looked at the sound booth and I immediately jacked up my thumb, like turn that shit up. And I went on stage and I danced like a friggin' freak show so that I put the attention <laughs> off of her and put it on my wobbly ass getting up there and just whatever I could do to shake that shit, to, to shake it up. So the point is I, I wanted to deflect any awkwardness for her so that I will eat the skin on the onion so that she can feel safer to keep on delayering. And so, um, cause you gotta catch people, you know, at the same token, you gotta, you gotta catch people when they, you know, so that they feel safe, but you, you know, like bombing, I'm not encouraging bombing, but you have to also learn from sometimes knowing that you can do better 
and push yourself more or want to, but that, you know, I'm going to always be a net. So I'm going to provide whatever's going to feel safe to share what you can in that time. And if you can't, I'll, I'll be the fool and put it on me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, So, yeah, you know, it's all part of the process, right? It's all, and it's being uncomfortable, being willing to be a little uncomfortable as well when you're in the process and when you're learning and, uh, and, uh, having a safety net is a great way to go through this kind of a program. I can't honestly think of anybody better. I agree. Because there are people who would give you this kind of something similar yeah. or tell you, I'll teach you improv and blah, 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 and be a very different, it'd be a di- very different experience. Mm. It's a gift that. to teach without shame. And I don't know that there's, and having gone through many acting teachers and vocal coaches, I've had a handful that had what you have. And I've had a handful that have not. Uh, and, and, and that ability to teach without shame will yield a very different outcome. Well, thank you. Both the teacher and the student. Well, I, that, that, that's the thing. It's like, it sounds cliche, but like I'm learning from them all the time. So it's like, sometimes <laughs> I can't distinguish between who's the teacher and who's the student. And my father and my mom were both teachers. And I didn't know I was going to be a teacher. I'm a performer. So I think the teaching is just innately, just me being able to kind of like hone in on what they may be feeling because I am feeling it myself. Um, and so, and, and, you know, I do push with the structure element, like, you know, for them to know, like anything, especially in comedy, you know, it's one thing in improv to be able to learn in the moment. That's key. But with standup, it's structured and it's timed. And so they really are walking away with a set that's really structured. And that, that is something I pride myself on because that's something that is a little bit more, um, um, that's a takeaway. Yeah, that that's for sure a takeaway. They have a ten minutes, or a, excuse me, a six minute set, but they have a typed up um, outline that they will work with me on consistently each week, so that they're seeing the process from day one until you know week six or eight, depending on how long, where they have a set they walk away with, and they have structure that is very very outlined um, within the curriculum I've been teaching. So that's definitely a takeaway, and and in whatever platform it's taught, whether it's online or in person or you're 100 or you're 10 um right everybody it sounds like so much fun i have to say oh it is really fun it is fun i'm i'm really thinking that i want to do it (laughs) me too anthony excited you guys it's it really is fun and and you know if anything listen we we just you know here's my glass of wine you know like (laughs) listen we're in our homes you know what i mean i'm in my freaking pajamas down here no just kidding but you can, oh, are you really? You can be. You know, here's the thing. It's not, I don't, we, we, we spend so much of our life like being correct exactly. and being right. I don't want us to be right. I want us to not be it's right. It's exhausting. Just be where we're at. Like literally, you guys see me right now showered. Oh man, that was the first. I mean, this is probably embarrassing to admit, but I have to literally look up like, when the hell did I take a shower? Like, I, because I'm okay in where I'm at right now, which is if I don't feel like it, I don't friggin' feel like it. And so that's the tone to what I want. I don't want there to be, there's enough on our plate with formalities and being appropriate or looking right or doing the right or the shoulds. I want this to be like, oh my God, guys, listen to what's up and, um, and that it's okay. And I think that I have, I have noticed that, you know, you see that first day where everyone can feel a little bit more awkward and shy myself included because again I'm learning from them they're learning from me but then you see that arc of what happens like I'd say maybe week three oh my god you guys we can't we can't honestly stop the zoom or we can't stop the session 
And that's the goal that it, it's innate. It's happened with any age. And I, I'm not trying to sound like I'm some miracle worker. It has actually nothing to do with me. It's the magic that happens when you're experiencing this with other people together. Mm. There's a safety that goes on. That's, that's a bond that just, you know, I see sometimes people are still Facebooking one another and they met one's in Atlanta, one's in Florida. And it's cute, you know, you see these, these bonds. So, so tell, tell us how we, how we um, find out about the class or register. So you can go to SusannaSpees.com is my website that has information. If you go to the coaching page, you can see all the different online or in person. Um, that's my pretty much my coaching, my writing, and my one-on-one -on -one or the Finding Your Funny, which is the class. So, and the class does it have a price? Do you want to share a price? So right now, yes, the class is regularly three twenty-five for five weeks, and right now it's going to be eight hundred and fifty since we're all broke. So I'm tripling okay. up. No, I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> no, that sounds like a really I, I that sounds like a very like, reasonable oh, business. No, I want to try. I mean, trust me, but because we're all broke, I, I again, and it sounds like no one is, I'm, I'm pretty freaking broke, but I'm a believer that the investment is much more worthwhile than the dollar that I would earn from more, more cost on a workshop. To me, I'd rather have an investment of a person who wants to continue the process than um, a higher price mark. So right now I'm offering a discount. If you enroll within the month of December of a hundred dollars off. That's a discount. It's, it, it is. It's a Susanna Siskan. It's a Siskan. Yes. So right now Susanna. it's, it's 250, which is a, which is a, which is 250. 250. 250. 250 five week. You know what? It's doable. So it's like you a, a salami. Yeah. You got a salami. So you know, it's all good. If you break it down, it's like $50 a session. Yeah, it's 50 bucks. 50 it's bucks nothing. to laugh. 50 bucks to shoot the shit. What that's actually an amazing price. Grow, no, it's, it's really an amazing price. price. Well, and, yeah. that, and that's on the low end. Again, usually I charge, you know, $7,050 uh, an hour when we're per person. Per person. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, I'm doing a workshop that people are like, you should charge more, Sue's. I mean, this is, again, there is comedy in it because I'm so wobbly because, I, again, I can be wobbly, but I can be that Jersey girl. But the wobbly comes in where I have, I have such, I want to lead with compassion. So if someone's like, I'm broke and I, I'll be like, oh, you know what? We'll figure it out. And then I'm like, well, Suze, why are the lights flickering on and off? I'm like, oh, that's the electricity bill. So I got to get a little bit better, but I am. It just depends on who, you know, if people in the adult class, if it's about their interest versus their dollar, I'm trying to find a price point to make it feasible for both. And that sounds like a very feasible, re is. reasonable good. price per yeah. of uh, $250. I think we, I think you might see one of us there. Oh my uh, gosh. Well, I would love the, it. You guys. The first date is January, January 7th. So I, I usually teach my youth programs are always on a Sunday. Those are a little bit more. Those are eight weeks. And if anybody's interested in those, you can find the information. But um, you got to be a youth. You got to be a youth. Between okay, 10 yeah, and 19. Well, wait a minute. Is Ute relative? Ute to oh, 100? Or well, Ute to, you know? No, you got to be 10 and 19. You got to be. You uh, know, the, the don't be like that. <laughs> I mean, you know, know, they I have laws against 19. that. Um, I'm 19 yeah. in dog years? No, wait. And before we bid you our fond farewell for the season, uh, we wish you a very happy holiday. And uh, Alex, how about a from holiday my, wish? 
from my virtual home to yours. Happy, happy holidays. Merry, Merry Christmas and a wonderful new year. And Susanna Spears. And from my ho, ho, ho to your ho, 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 let's all be hoes. I'm just kidding. Happy, happy, happy ho, ho, ho holidays, guys. Christmas, Hanukkah, anything you celebrate, let's all just be in the holiday spirit and happiest of all to, to all. Yes, uh, we have a lot to look forward to this season uh, and a lot to be thankful for and so much to be happy about. So let's focus there and uh, may it be a really warm, wonderful holiday wherever you're celebrating. Here, here. Ho, ho. Cheers. Cheers, guys.